Hello and welcome to episode number 92 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, I want to talk a little bit about the way we all communicate, the things we take for granted, how safe and secure our communications are, and if maybe we should be thinking a little bit more outside of the box for other alternatives in this land of social justice warrioring and cancel culture and all the things that are going absolutely nuts on both sides of the political aisle. There was a story that just broke about a letter that was posted Yesterday in Harper's Magazine that featured a bunch of liberal writers and activists who are actually now seeing that cancel culture may be doing more harm than good. And this is a positive sign for people on both sides of the aisle when a group of liberals are seeing that things are getting a little bit out of control and want to fix it. That's a positive sign. And it may be things like Disney, who is one of the most evil companies going right now. It seems Disney's already getting some of this wrath of cancel culture. They put Hamilton, the highly successful Broadway musical onto Disney plus, and we're immediately getting backlash because you know, It deals with the founding fathers who, in this case, then are nothing more than just singing slave owners. And we can't have that. I mean, let's understand what cancel culture is. They take some very complex issues. They strip all logic from it. They strip all reason from it. They refuse to have any meaningful conversation about it. But if you say or do something they don't like, they will try to have your life pretty much ruined by getting you deplatformed, removed from these services, your sponsors, if you have them taken away from you. And if you're just a private schlub, they may go to your company if they can track you down, try to get you fired. It is. Not good. It's not a healthy way for people to exist. And something must be done to go after the cancel culture movement. But it's here right now. And saying anything publicly or even privately due to the lack of security around our communication systems could have some really negative effects. I I thought this was all brought into. A nice little nutshell on a 30 second video. It was a young female conservative pundit that was out talking to people. And there was a woman who appeared to be Latina who was going after this woman who said, you know, if you if you vote for Donald Trump, well, you're a racist. And the conservative woman asked her, it's like, well, okay, that's a pretty big allegation to make so give me some proof and the hard-hitting response that the latina woman had was that's not my job i don't have to do that so the conservative girl turned to her and i thought this was genius 
texts and she asked, are you voting for Joe Biden? She said, yes. She's like, well, then you're a pedophile. No, I'm not. Well, you are, because I just said you are. If you can say voting for Trump makes you a racist, then anybody can say voting for Joe Biden makes you a pedophile. He likes to sniff little girl's hair. So obviously, if you vote by your own logic for Joe Biden, you're a pedophile. If I voting for Donald Trump makes me a racist. But this is the kind of insanity that's going on in the world, which got me thinking again about how most people communicate these days. Not a lot of people actually go the voice route anymore when it comes to even having your cell phone. A lot of people don't even have a landline. And that brings a majority of the communication going on now into a text-based form. Uh, Text messaging, SMS, obviously, I would believe is the number one way people are doing it. Facebook Messenger, Twitter, email. And the thing you have to look at with all of these things are the systems that they're built on and the amount of privacy, if any, that you get using these forms of communication. Text messages, you really don't have a lot. And I don't know if a lot of people understand that or realize that you should if you follow the news at all. Because you're watching things like the FBI investigation of Trump, which Strzok and Page, and they're coming out with text messages from years and years ago. Most phone companies will say they're deleting those on their end after they're delivered. Some say immediately, some say they keep them for a few days. But there's some uh, pretty good evidence that they don't just disappear the way the phone companies tell you they do. And then, of course, they don't just disappear off your phone. I mean, most people never go through and delete their old text messages, which means there is a trail of all of those things that you've said, things that can be used against you, things that you probably wouldn't have even thought could be used against you today might be extremely subversive speech in just a year or two down the road, which if those texts were made public, could get you fired, get you removed from social media sites. We've talked in the past about the social scores in China. Well, it's the same thing going on here. And you have to ask yourself, if all of your text messages that you've sent over the last few days, or heaven forbid, the last few years, were all of a sudden made public for everybody that you know and every random person on the internet just to go read, how would their view of you change, if at all? I mean, maybe you're a saint and that's great. Maybe you're smart enough never to say anything in text that you wouldn't say otherwise, and that's also a good thing. Facebook Messenger, Twitter, now all those messages Rather than you just thinking that your phone company is going to protect you, now you're relying on Facebook and Twitter to take your messages and not release them to the world, not to use them in a nefarious way. And we get very complacent. I've done it myself. There's people on Twitter you're talking to and you send a private message and you think there's any bit of privacy there. You have to get out of that mindset. 
entirely and look at things like direct messages on Facebook and Twitter as if they are public because there's a really good chance they could be made public. There's a really good chance that there's other people that are able to read those messages. Email has gotten a little bit better now with some of the other protocols. For the longest time, email was basically nothing more than a postcard sent over the internet, unencrypted, where the text of the message is easily readable by any of the machines that the information passes through. So we have to start thinking a little bit more about how our data, how our messages, how our communications are protected or not. So I went out and I was like, okay, what is the best way to do secure messaging between two people or with a small group? And it's not an easy solution right now. It's something that it's going to take a little bit of work. And there are a few alternatives out there. I mean, some people, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with the No Agenda podcast, and you know they have their Twitter alternative, which is called No Agenda Social, which is built on an open source platform called Mastodon. But that's still on a server that is still run by a dude who put the server up, who has access to your data if he wants it. Or if law enforcement comes knocking and takes the servers, they have access to what's there. Really, what you want at this point is messaging that is end to end encrypted and without anybody in the middle, which is why even Facebook, they have their WhatsApp, which is end to end encrypted messages. But then you have to trust Facebook that they don't have a back door that there's no way for that information to be given to authorities, no way for that information to be leaked. You need to find the most secure way to do it. There's a service out there called Signal that people like Edward Snowden, okay, I'm thinking he knows a little bit about privacy and security, but Jack Dorsey also touts them. So then I start questioning that a little bit more. And when you go look at the Signal Websites. If you're like, okay, I want to get into this. I want to try Signal out. What do I need to do to try this secure messaging platform out? The first thing I noticed when I went to their website was it says to use the Signal desktop app, Signal must first be installed on your phone. So there we have a major problem for me. And Signal, as far as I know, is completely legit. They're not doing anything bad with your data. They're trustable. But when you are forcing somebody to first install an app on a phone, you're causing an extra step that shouldn't have to be done in my personal viewpoint. And you're adding certain other trackable things that you will get from cell phones like IMEI number, which is how the cell companies know which phone is which. So you're losing a bit of anonymity there. And I know you can make the case. You can go get a burner phone and all that is true. I mean, if you want to use signal, maybe that's what you have to do is go get a burner phone, install signal and do nothing else on that phone. But there are a few other things when it came to 
signals terms of service including minimum age you must be at least 13 years old to use our service well we've talked about the reason for this in the past here and i believe on grumpy old ben's which is the coppa law c-o-p-p-a which doesn't allow companies in the united states anyway to collect information of children under the age of 13. So this is questionable in a thing where you shouldn't have to be collecting any data, just let them set up an account. But I get it. I get that. I can't really complain. It's part of the law. But then it gets into account registration for Signal. It says to create an account, you must register for our services using your phone number. You agree to receive text messages and phone calls from us or our third party providers with verification codes to register for our service. And I don't like that. Again, I don't like the addition that you have to have the cell phone. And then they say the privacy of your user data signal does not sell rent or monetize your personal data or content in any way ever. Okay, they don't sell it. They don't rent it. They don't monetize it in any way ever. But they don't say they're not using it. They're saying they're not monetizing it. But that is leaving your data open to be used in another way. They could have added, we don't use it at all. The only stuff we collect is to just get you signed up and then we delete it, which a lot of these VPNs that we've talked about in the past, that's what they do. Mulvad VPN will even let you send cash in the mail and they assign a number to you and everything is ultra secure. That I'm not necessarily getting from Signal, even though nobody has proven up to this point that they shouldn't be trusted for whatever reason. The concept for this person to person messaging and file transfer and stuff like that isn't new. There were a variety of services that have been available for a long time, including the stalwart ICQ, which still exists in a weird, completely different form. Now, it's a Russian company that doesn't even allow you to do peer to peer file transfers any longer. But it used to be quite easy. You know, buddies and I would be online as long as you wanted to send a file, wanted to send a message, you could do so directly to the other person. You can ship files back and forth. The ability to do these simple things has gotten harder as your data has become what people want, which is why so many of these services are changing and why it's getting to be so hard to find anything that will do things like be peer-to-peer, which means nobody else is in the middle when you're sending a message or when you're sending a file, uh, completely decentralized. So there's nothing to get taken down. There's no servers to get taken down. There's no logging. So they could track your movements that way. So I went on a search for something that would provide all of these things and not be owned, of course, by one of these big companies. And the only thing I can find is called Tox. T-O-X. Their main site's available at ToxChat, T-O-X.chat. And it seems like a really interesting idea. It appears it came into being right about the Snowden time, about 2013. This project was formed. 
Their website says a new kind of internet messaging, whether it's corporations or governments. Digital surveillance today is widespread. Tox is easy to use software that connects you with friends and family without anyone else listening in. While other big name services require you to pay for features, Tox is completely free and comes without advertising forever. Now that's a big plus all the way around. So I looked into exactly how this works and there are still some of the uh, harsh edges that have to kind of be massaged to get the average user into this. But I think even a fairly non-technical person could get up and running with this software and they have a variety of clients which are available for Windows, Macintosh, and the Linux operating systems, and also has apps for the mobile devices, which makes it really very usable for those who are on the go and you want to keep in touch with family and friends. So I downloaded a couple of the different applications that they have, the different clients to get onto the Tox system. And they're fairly simplistic, but if you're used to using instant messengers from back in the day, they're not all that much different from everything else, except there is no registration that goes on when you have an account. Basically, this is very similar to the Mulvad VPN thing, which is the system will create a long bunch of randomized characters that you can then create a username and password behind. But there is no central server, again, that you have to go and register, give them all your information so they can track you. There's no central server that you have to have an account on. Your account exists only in the software that you've downloaded. If you delete that, it's going to be gone. There's nowhere else that that exists. So that is a really good thing when it comes to privacy. You can use that same ID number on multiple different applications, of course. So you can have a desktop app and one of the Android apps. You're just using that same code in order to tie all of those accounts together. But again, no centralized server. And I should mention that this isn't just for instant messages. This isn't just for text. It is a complete protocol, which also allows you to make person-to-person voice calls. It allows you to do a video. So it's kind of like a Skype alternative, and it will also allow you to do group chats and things like that as well. So it's a very robust infrastructure. The setup is fairly painless. I installed it on two different machines to give it a quick test drive, and you take the number that they give you the big randomized bunch of characters and that's your identifier you send that over to somebody you have to have a way to get that to them but then they enter that into their system and it basically sends a friend's request and it's overall a little bit easier in that regard than i would have expected and once you do that all of the communications are end-to-end encrypted There is no mothership in between. So all of the things you say, rather than using normal text messages now, rather than using Twitter 
or Facebook or any other app. Using this messaging system, any message you send to family and friends only goes to your family and friends. There's no way anybody in the middle can pick up on what you're saying. Nobody can pick up on the files that you're sharing. And there is no centralized server to log that you even had a conversation with somebody else. Making this, I think, a really good idea for anybody that might have a point of view right now that is seen as being scary, a point of view that is seen as being subversive. We're already seeing anybody that dares go out and deface something like Black Lives Matter painted somewhere, you're going to get hit with a hate crime. There's no longer the concept that there is political speech and you can resist. I mean, you can resist if you're resisting Trump. And that's fine. That's not hate filled. That's completely protected under this new woke society. But you dare resist something like the Black Lives Matter movement. No way, man. You are going to be deplatformed. They're going to try to get you fired. And you really need to do everything you can, no matter which side you're on, to secure your communications, especially between yourself and family and friends. There's no reason why your phone company should have a complete record of all your conversations and all of your texts. And there's certainly no reason why Facebook and Twitter should have that kind of access either. So it's good to see that there are some alternatives out there. There's not a lot. And as I said, this isn't quite up to the pretty polished look of some other software. And it takes a little bit more to get the system up and running. But the end result is you have complete control over your communications. And I think that's something that most people should be looking at doing right about now. I'm going to give it a try and I will post the ID number for my account out on the show notes here. So if you're interested in giving it a try, add me and see how the whole thing works out. Definitely get off of Facebook Messenger. Do not communicate with your family that way. Get off Twitter. Don't DM and think that's secure. Even SMS, normal text messaging, do not assume that that stuff is safe and secure. And anytime there is a company in the middle, always assume the things aren't secure. We just talked about on the latest Grumpy Old Benz, a company that was providing an alleged completely encrypted and safe network for criminals to use, uh, EncroChat that uh, the authorities figure out a way to hack in. Allegedly, we don't really know how, but that whole enterprise was taken down and that was all built on a system that was allegedly secure. But the problem was there were servers in the middle. And anytime there are servers in the middle, there's a good chance somebody's going to be able to find out what you're saying, who you're saying it to, and what other kind of things you're sharing. So Take your privacy back. It is a big step moving forward to get away from the email of the Gmails and all of that as well. But we'll be getting into some more ideas on how to make your overall digital life safer as we do more of these episodes here on Random Thoughts. Let me know. Do you want to hear different things like this? Do you like the how-tos? Whatever you do, reach out. Darren at randomthoughts.com. D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. R-A-N-D-U-M-B 
thoughts.com. And if you want to subscribe to the show, go to that same address. You can subscribe via Apple, via Android, via whatever app you want, even via email, so you never miss an episode. And we do work on the value for value model. And we do have a donor for this show. And we'd like to thank Brian Ginnack, who also recently signed up for our Grumpy Old Ben subscription. Both of them over at Patreon. You can do that for this show at patreon.com slash random thoughts or over at randomthoughts.com. You can click the donate button that goes through PayPal. We have a QR code if you want to use Bitcoin. And we have a snail mail address if you want to go the old fashioned way and do that. But we want to thank Brian for jumping on board, even though Patreon, I thought we were being deplatformed for a minute because I just went to check the Patreon page and it was saying I wasn't accepting any new uh, anything new. The page was gone. And uh, I don't know, maybe a little glitch in the system. I had to relaunch the page for random thoughts or this may just be another case, of course. We say some things here on Random Thoughts that other people don't like. But again, thanks, Brian, for supporting the show. He did send me an email saying that he found us through That Larry Show. So big props out to Larry Blydner over of That Larry Show, thatlarryshow.com. Larry does one hell of a podcast. And if you're not familiar with his stuff, you should be. So be sure to check thatlarryshow.com out. Brian said he knew Larry would not steer him wrong, and we appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody that listens and supports the Random Thoughts podcast. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so giving us your time, it is greatly appreciated. And we thank you for listening. Thank you for turning other people onto the show, and thank you for supporting the show in any which way that you'd like. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.